Welcome to the Convo Podcast. This is your host, David, and this is the first episode of Many to Come. I always wanted to start a podcast, so of course this has been a dream of mine. And I'm excited to share some thoughts on some of the outlandish things that goes on in our world. Being that this is the first episode and we're currently going through a, going through a pandemic, I wanted to kind of get the perspective of what it's like how COVID-19 has affected some lives, including mine, and just how people are dealing with it, how people are dealing with being quarantined, um, and what are we doing to kind of keep our mental health in check. Um, so I wanted to introduce a guest that I have on. This is a, a close friend of mine. Um, we actually run together because that is something that you know we're doing to kind of keep our mental health in order. Um, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jessica. I'm glad to be here tonight. Okay. So Jessica, thanks. thank you for joining me on the first episode. I, I greatly appreciate it. And I want to kind of get your perspective on um, how, starting off, how has COVID-19 affected you so far? Um... One positive thing that I can say it has done it um, is that it has made my um, time being at home just like it's peaceful to me. I enjoy being at home. I enjoy being in my peace. Although sometimes, you know, you get stir crazy and you are ready to go outside and hang out with your friends other than going from house to house. But other than that, um, I enjoy the peace. I do. Okay. Okay. So you actually enjoy, you, you're, you're actually a person that enjoys being at home. So the quarantine really hasn't, you know, really disturbed you in any way. No, the only disturbing part is when you go to the grocery store and you can't find anything that you need because everyone has um, basically purchased everything. The shelves are just bare. Yeah. I feel like in the beginning, definitely when this was kind of like first in you know coming over into the states i think that a lot of people just went crazy mm -hmm. and um just you know purchased up everything and they kind of they kind of put everyone else in a panic yeah. because definitely. initially i wasn't you know i was like okay yeah this is a this is a you know pandemic that's happening and it's it's coming you know over into this country as well um, but I wasn't thinking about, you know, going by like, you know, bulk toilet tissue or things like that. I didn't, I, you know, but I, I, I underestimate the psyche of Americans mm -hmm. and how, um, how dumb we can be sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, um, so that, that also made you want to go, okay, well, I don't want to miss out. So, okay, let me go buy it as well. Right. And I that was the killer part was I did still to this day don't understand what that big craze was over the toilet tissue. The hand sanitizer, yes, I can understand. The alcohol, yes, I can understand that because people can use that to make homemade sanitizer as well. But the toilet tissue and 
from some of the things that I read online, it was because the cardboard tubing that holds the roll of toilet tissue is made in China. And by them shutting down China, that they would not be able to use the toilet tissue anymore as though it would be contaminated or whatnot. And that right there just really killed me to go in there and see a six pack of toilet tissue for $12 inside of Walmart. And I'm just like, really? So I'm glad you you said that you actually bring up a good point um, that I wanted to touch on. So during this, and especially in the beginning of this pandemic reaching this side of the of the uh, of the world, um, I think we did um, a piss poor job in managing the um, managing the wording or. Mm-hmm what people can be focused on during this pandemic. And you said something that kind of put this on my mind when you said, you know, what people were saying about, you know, the, the roles in the inside of toilet tissue. Um, I think people, and I had had this conversation, I think with you before, but I think people should just shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, during this, I think a lot of people <laughs> thought that they were uh, professionals. Um, they were health, you know, everybody turned into, they were, they were health professionals. They were, um, you know, they were everybody, they were, they were lawyers. Mm -hmm. They were, they, uh, apparently they worked for the CDC or the World Health Organization, or they knew someone who did, or they knew someone who worked at the Pentagon. Yes. And it's like, just shut up. Right. You know, all of a sudden everybody had connections to these higher ups. Yes, like you just all of a sudden now you have these connections. <laughs> really? <laughs> Word? Like, for real? And it's like, I just want everybody just to, you know, there there's a saying that I've heard before that there's honor in just shutting mm-hmm. up. Just be quiet. You know, but I think the problem is everyone wants to be the one that knows. Everyone wants to be the one that, hey, I told the next person I gave you this info. Right. And, but the problem is, is that we're not being responsible with the info that we're giving mm-hmm. because first of all, we're not fact checking ourselves. Right. And then that info that we're getting, we're also passing that on to someone as fact. Right. And it's not. So I think that was a lot. And 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 I I also I blame that on our leadership on down. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 wording and the the message and the info that came from our leadership of this country trinkled down for to for others to think okay well you know i have the answers as well and you don't no one has the answers. right it's still new and evolving and it's so and it's okay to say you don't it's okay to say i don't know you know, that that's perfectly okay to say I don't know. I think we've gotten into a time in our world that we don't we don't want to admit that we don't know. Right. And that's okay, you know. So um so so far, like how have you been spending your time? I know you, by you being quarantined, what kind of activities have you um have you kind of or hobbies that you've 
you pretty much been doing to kind of keep yourself busy? Um, one thing, like you said before, is us going to out and um walking, and then you know we worked our way up to a run. That um definitely helps out with getting that fresh air, especially with us having to work from home. And you cooped up in front of that computer for eight hours. And once we're able to like, okay, clock out and go get that run or that walk in, that definitely, I didn't know how much that was going to actually help until we started to do it. And I started to notice a difference of like, wow, I really did need to get out and get this fresh air. Um, Also making my candles and making my soaps and things just getting creative with it because it's like, okay, I don't necessarily have to get in bed early, so I don't have to drive to work. So that was a plus um, as well. Okay. And I I, want to kind of add on to what you were saying about the running and the the walking that, you know, that kind of gradually turned into the run. Um, We were doing that as as, um, responsible as possible. We were social distancing. Um, We actually started off running in a park that's close to us. We actually, we live just to, for the for the listeners for clarity. We live not far away from each other. We live in the same city, um, right around the corner. Um, might as well be in the same neighborhood. Right. And um, we were starting off going to a park that's close to us, but the problem was with the park was that there were so many people with the same idea, trying to get the fresh air. Everybody running. Everybody trying to have some semblance of normalcy of being outside and I think it was you that discovered like in our neighborhood there is a close country club that has a walking trail and we actually started going there and there was no one there was no one there yeah. you know with the with the exception of a couple people playing golf but other than that it was a, a more peaceful and more um more safe and socially responsible mm-hmm. environment that we can, you know, we can, you know, carry out our activities. Um, so yeah, to just to kind of, you know, I, I did that as well, you know, with the running that that definitely helped a lot. And I thought that that could help jump off like a um, a great habit to continue because, you know, you're sitting at home, you're working from home. And the first thing you want to do is you want right. to snack. You know, and before you know it, you know, you're sitting down all the time. You're not really getting a lot of activity in and you're gaining weight. And, you know, you're in most time the snacks that you're eating, you're eating something unhealthy, Mm -hmm. something salty, something high in sugar. So it's like, okay, to kind of balance that out, let's have some activity, you know, let's, let's do something. And, um, so that that was kind of my idea with that, like not only just to get some fresh air, but to also get some exercise, right. you know, and and create a habit at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, so have you do and you don't have to you know uh, expound on names, but has COVID nineteen has it affected anyone close to you? Um. No, 
not not anybody that I'm actually close to. Of course, people that I know, you know, some of their family members may have had it, but they were able to actually beat it. Thank goodness. Um, but other than that, not really. And I'm I'm grateful for the people who I do know that did have it, who were able to, you know, to beat it because the people who I saw before we before the state actually shut down, I will see videos of people in the ER or in ICU that their family members had taken of them and it was a really bad sight. It was just like wow. And it just really tugged at my heartstrings to know that the people who did pass that they were not around their loved ones when they passed. Their loved ones were not able to be with them within their final moments. It was just basically a nurse. And if that nurse had any compassion, it was a nurse that would call the family on FaceTime. And I'm grateful for those nurses to be able to connect the families with them because that's something hard. Death in a family is already hard by itself, but to not be able to be there to comfort your loved ones that is just that I just I don't, I don't even know if I'll be able to take that. Yeah, that that's something that honestly I can't right. imagine. Um, and I um I've, I actually you know I know a couple people that were um kind of in my inner circle that you know that tested mm-hmm. positive for COVID nineteen. Um, Thankfully that they, they, you know, they actually mm-hmm. beat it. Um, and it's kind of like, I guess, give a lot of clarity. We live in the New Orleans area. So we were in a, in one of the epicenters of this mm-hmm. virus. You know, New Orleans is a hotbed. And the, the reason for that is uh, my theory it's definitely, definitely. All those tourists that came in from around the world just to experience that carnival is just definitely everyone was coming in. Yes. And I remember just even myself and um, I think had I, and, and maybe this is just me being a hypochondriac, but I remember after Mardi Gras, I I was sick, and I don't know if you can mm-hmm. remember this, but I was sick for a couple of weeks, you know, and and it was a it was it was a thing. It mm-hmm. wasn't the flu, and it felt like something else. And I recovered, you know, right before like this really right. hit, and you know, it became like a a, a you know a nationwide right. panic, and. I actually was tested um, because I, you know, I was still kind of having a remnants mm-hmm. when I was at work. When I tested, I tested negative. But at that point, I think once I tested, it was out. It was gone. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, yeah, it, just being here, just kind of being, you know, I I will be honest with you. I was, I was scared because we are, by us being so close to this and being in, a, right. in the center of it. And we're like one of the big the 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 cities that it, you know, it yes. really ravaged, and yeah, it, it just really like but, it's just amazing 
how you know how many people and I actually tried to stay away mm-hmm. from the news um a lot because I think adding to us being quarantined and you know we're not having a lot of social interaction with other people and you know it kind of already already trying to keep our mental mm-hmm. health in check. I don't think sometimes watching the news and hearing about the deaths and the death toll and the stories, I think that could, that by me staying away from that, that kind of helped keep me sane. Definitely because, go ahead. Because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. an empath. Um, and I, I sometimes I dislike that I am like that, but I feel what other people feel. Right. And um, I just sometimes take on those feelings and sometimes a lot on myself. So I have to sometimes unpack not only my own things, but I have to unpack other people's things as well. And I think that's why I I always try to Mm -hmm. help people as well. Um, Because being being an empath is not an easy thing. So if you are a person that is an empath, I I, I feel your pain. (laughs) I get you, okay? We here. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, I agree with you with that. Um, I also to touch on what you said earlier about the media. Um, a lot of, I feel like a lot of what caused it to ravage the city so bad is because when everything first started to come out, everything in the news was mostly about the elderly getting sick and the elderly, you know, were the ones who were contracting it first. So, it kind of gave off the fact, it kind of gave off that, oh, younger people can't get it, or like they're immune to it or whatnot, as long as you're young and you're healthy, that you won't get it, and clearly, that definitely was not the case or whatnot, so I feel like with Mm -hmm. that being said, a lot of people were not taking the proper precautions once the elderly started to get sick, and it started to get so widespread, no one else was taking precautions, it's like, okay, I can't get it, whatever. And then once everyone else did start to get it, it's like, oh, wait, we can actually get it if we are young and healthy. It doesn't matter. It's still going to come and literally ravage your body. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know what? I'll actually add to that because I think that is something that I had a conversation offline about that the... Um, Another thing about the, the messaging and the info about this disease, well, this virus, was that, you know, about the elderly getting it. But then it turned into, well, you know, and, and I, I hate this. I hate the phrase mm-hmm. people of color. It right. was Black people that was being reported on mostly that were contracting COVID-19 and dying right. from COVID-19. And if you actually, actually, um, my mom and I actually did research and we did a breakdown of like, you know, the cities and parishes that their cases were reported and how they mm-hmm. were broken down by race. And yes, New Orleans is going to be an, a high percentage of death are cases by African-Americans or I don't even like that term, Black Americans, because they... It's an overwhelmingly um, amount of Black Americans that live in New Orleans. The population is a high population of Black Americans. But 
if you go off into other parishes or other cities, like, you know, surrounding cities that are like in the next parish, like, you know, Kenner or Metairie, the prop are, are even like a, a little mm-hmm. place like Gonzales, where there are more white people, then guess what? The amount was, if not right. greater than, equal to. So I felt like that, and then that was a nationwide thing in the mm-hmm. that it was being reported. But the problem also with that is people were not, they were not actually, they were only reporting that, oh, yeah, you know, you're contracting, you're dying. They're, these people are dying from it. These people, you know, they're contracting it, right? The problem with that also is that you're not telling why. You're not you're not giving a backstory right, to why issues. Most black of underlying health issues, also the access Hello. to health care. Okay, a lot of black people have sometimes, if if not a small amount, have zero mm-hmm. access to health care. Okay. Also, most black people, most black Americans who are who live in urban areas usually tend to live in a housing situation where there's a, a multi, multi-generations in a house or there are a lot of people that live in the house because we are very we are very community we are very community based yeah people we're very we believe in in taking care of our own so where as in other other uh, ethnicities if grandma is elderly, most likely grandma or grandpa is going to go to a nursing home. With us, if grandma or grandpa is elderly and they can't take care of themselves, we're, right. they're going to stay with somebody. That family is going to take care of them. So you also have to take that into consideration that it, it would be easy for if I get in a message that it's not affecting me and I'm 17 years old and I live in the house with my parents, my grandparents, then guess what? I go out in the world, I come back and I pass it on to my right. parents and my grandparents. They don't stand a fighting chance. So in the beginning, what the, the messaging should have been, hey, right. you, everyone can get it. If you are a living, breathing human being, on this planet Earth, you can get COVID-19. You can die from COVID-19. Yeah, there are going to be people that are higher risk, but you can get it. You're not immune. And I think that's what happened with the whole situation of now it's being and it's and I don't I don't believe the conspiracy theory, although conspiracy theories right. have some level of truth, but I do believe in sometimes messaging being skewed because if you are telling and, and it's irresponsible to say, okay, yeah, black people and, and brown people, because let's not forget Latino right. people were being affected as well. Okay, black and brown people, yeah, you guys are, you're dying from it, you're contracting it, right? But what you're not doing is you're not telling white people that you're also dying and con- you're contracting and dying from it as well. So that's putting in their head that they're not, this is not their problem. This right. is a them problem. And guess what? Now we're going to go into the world yes. and I don't have to wear a mask because that's inconvenient to me. 
because it's them that's the problem. It's not us. And that only contributes to what we have as a problem in this country mm-hmm. anyway, which is racism. That only contributes to that. And that's why you had, you know, the 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 rioting at the, you know, with the guns and all of that with them because they're like, this is not affecting us. This affecting them. Do you can open mm-hmm. this country back up? Why are you having a? Why are you taking a gun? What they had to do? It's not affecting their community. It's affecting their dollar, not their community. And it's not really affecting their dollars. And I'm gonna tell you what I actually heard on another podcast that I'm a fan of. That the problem is not that they wanted to go back to work. It's that they wanted the people who work for right. them to go back to work. The people who provide services for them to go back to work. The the people who, you know, the the stylists, um, the the servers that work in restaurants, um, the their their this cashier at their favorite uh store. They wanted these people to go back to work so their life mm-hmm. can have some type of normalcy. They don't care about themselves going back to work. And that is the main is the crux of like I said, going back to the messaging of putting it out there, you have to be careful right. with your messaging. And I think that was one of the failures that our leadership really, right. they, it, it was mishandled. And maybe it wasn't mishandled. Maybe it was on purpose. Right. We would never know that, you know. So, yeah, I, um, I kind of want to switch gears. Um, and I, I want to, you know, kind of talk about, I guess, now that you've, because, you know, now we're in phase one here in Louisiana. So now how has that changed uh-huh. for you? How has things changed since now we're in one phase thing one? thing I definitely can say that I have noticed is that now that we are in phase one is that less people are wearing masks in public. Um, over the weekend, you know, I went out of town, so I went to several different stores, um, you know, just trying to get um, supplies or whatnot. And within the stores, I just noticed that it's become very lax with the mask wearing now. And I feel like with that, we're going to wind up having a second wave. I feel like their um their their cases are going to spike. Right now, the numbers of what happened over the weekend are uncertain because the servers were down and they will not be back up till tomorrow to actually get an accurate number. But the number that was last reported of positive cases was up to thirty five thousand eight hundred. So um, mm. I just. I just honestly hope that, and I would pray that going forward, they would kind of slow it down because I feel like it's moving yeah. too fast. And I look at what happened in Georgia. When Georgia opened back up over the weekend, their first weekend, they had a spike in a thousand cases. And that's just the cases that of people who were actually tested. That's not people who had symptoms and just feel like, Oh well, or who just feel like okay, I can't get to the doctor, or I can't get to a testing site to go and get tested. That's the thousand that we know of, 
And that's the scary thing about mm-hmm. it is because, mm-hmm. of course, a lot of people are getting tested, but a lot of people aren't. Yeah, that's true. I would have to agree with you on um, because I have noticed as well versus before, you know, the phase one that a lot of people are kind of mm-hmm. treating this like it never happened. It's like once they said, okay, we're in phase one, let's start reopening the the state. It's like people just like, okay, well that never happened. I'm gonna go along right. with I'm gonna go about my life now. And I see some people, a certain group of people feel as mm-hmm. though it is inconveniencing them. That inconvenienced mm-hmm. me. I'm not putting on a mask. Yeah. You're going to have to get over it. And I'm going to, and I think another thing that I'm going to actually go back on, is like people tried to politicize this in the beginning. This has nothing to, this, this COVID-19 has nothing mm-hmm. to do with politics. But like everything that we do in this country, it was politicized. And I actually said this to another um, another acquaintance of mine that um, the one time that America's Hall has always been a very divided country. The one time that something was supposed to unite us, right? It did not because this was mm-hmm. one thing that affected everyone no matter who you were this didn't have a race it didn't have a gender it did not have no no sexual orientation whatever you right. whatever box you check this did not have that it could have been your mother your grandmother mm. your neighbor right and people still found a way to try and group this and politicize it. And I think that speaks to the psyche of Americans and how the rest of the world views us. And if a lot of Americans will actually talk to people from other countries and actually give Mm -hmm. a damn about how we're viewed and how we're looked upon, they would sometimes, I guess, it would probably be jarring. Because the rest it of the definitely world really is. I have um, in different groups that I'm in, like um, I am in different soap groups and things like that. And to hear the Canadians and the people from the UK and the Australians talk about how bad our healthcare system is, how bad our education system is, and how bad our government is ran, it's just like you got to put your head on, like, girl. Yeah, but you know the UK is like a pot me kettle because the UK right. they're not so great as, as well. But yes, you're you are correct. We're horrible. But the UK girl, <laughs> you, don't have a fight. you don't have a dog in this fight. Sit down. Right? <laughs> That's at this point. But um, yeah, I yeah, I, if people would just only get out of their own bubbles and get out of their own head. They will understand, but we're kind of bred to be like we're the greatest, 
They don't care what everybody else thinks of us. We're gonna we're gonna act as right. though it's what we want, and you're gonna get over it. So yeah, um, but so I I definitely wanted to focus on that uh, starting off the first episode and just how just kind of getting that out and kind of like you know how this has really changed our lives. So in your opinion, what do you think? Um, since this quarantine and since the you know COVID nineteen has you know been introduced to us, what do you think the new normal um, is going forward? I would hope and pray that the new normal would be for everyone to start to wash their hands more often. Um, too many times we go into the restroom and we see people walk out without washing their hands. I would hope that this uh, pandemic would encourage that more often because that's just a gross trifling. Um mm-hmm. definitely also washing their ass. Um my biggest concern about the new normal I would say is school and work. I I like the plexiglasses at the um at the stores now. I like that there is a barrier. Um I think that needs to stay. I like that people are social distancing. That needs to stay in place as well. I hate for somebody to be up on me in line. I hate that. Back up, please. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With everything that has been going on, you do see, even with the divide that some of it has caused, you still do see those people with those golden hearts that are reaching out to people. Those um I hope that the new normal can continue to be that we continue to take care and look out for our elderly. The fact that our elderly have now an hour of ahead when the store is open, I hope that that stays with the new norm. Because it's too many times that they get ran over in the store or it's too many times that they don't have the proper assistance that they need in the store to get what they need to get. And everybody doesn't want someone to shop for them. Sometimes they want to go in there and, you know, pick out their own fruit, pick out their own vegetables. That right there, I hope, stays in. Yeah. Because those are the positives. The fact that people are volunteering to say, hey, look, if you need me to go to the store for you, let me know. Break me a list and I will come and bring it to you so you don't have to leave your house and expose yourself. Those things need to be the new norm instead of throwing our elderly away. Yeah, oh, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I think a, some new normals for me. I, 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 like I said, I agree with some of the things that you said. I just feel as though some things we're gonna be interested. And, and I said this in the beginning to my mom um, about mm-hmm. like the uh, the movie industry, right? And it's funny because you know someone was probably listening in <laughs> and. I said, you know, this would be the perfect time for drive. I just said that yesterday to, to my best friend. And I told you, y'all, you and her are just alike. She's a Scorpio as well. And she said, oh, my God, I just told my husband that the other day. I think that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been announced that some theaters are um, 
are play are toying with the idea of doing a, a drive-in theater because you know it 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 kind of appear appears right. to the rules of social distancing. Right. Um, you can still get some type of entertainment, and you know, so it. I just it, okay. Also, with that kind of piggybacking off of that, I think that this is uh, one of the positives of of with this quarantine due to COVID nineteen. Um, it made a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. I guess, flex their ingenuity. People had to find new ways to make money. They had to find new ideas and refresh ideas. Mm-hmm. Companies had to refresh their ideas. Some of these these antiquated ideas that they were leaning on and they were that was getting them by, or they were still holding on to. COVID came through, and right. no pun intended, but it 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 killed it. Because now you have to now find a new way. And even with you and I and our um, employers had to find a new way. So now we have to, we have to do this right. to, for more, for productivity, you know? And I think that is kind of a positive. And, and I know people, some people may not look at it like that, but I do. Mm-hmm. It's a positive for people to always flex their brain muscles, to always right. be looking for fresh new ways and ideas to to do business and to make money. And this forced a lot of people to say, hey, okay, I was li- I, I was right. getting a steady paycheck one day and the next day I wasn't. So now I got to find a new way right. because guess what I have to do? I have to eat now. I have to find a new way to eat. And I think that is one of the, 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 the positives that came out of um, mm-hmm. this quarantine and also a new normal. Because if you, I don't know if you saw a lot of uh, the headlines where a lot of, um, maybe a lot of these tech companies are now, um, you know, intro- they want to have, keep like the, the, um, the stay-at-home position. Mm-hmm. They have more now stay-at-home positions than ever because that is, and I know a lot of, sometimes a lot of people in the different generations, mainly, um, baby boomer generation and generation before generation x um which will be our parents they were so used to doing things one way and it's hard to get out of that when you're used to doing something Mm -hmm. and realize that the world is changing around you and but i think that COVID 19 has forced people to also to kind of slow down you know, for other generations to slow down and kind of Definitely. pay attention to what's going on around you. But also it's it's kind of forcing other generations to be like, okay, hey, this yes. is what we can do now. This is this is the technology that we have. This is what we can do. And I am honestly I'm grateful for both ends of it. What did did I wish that, you know, a, a nasty virus would come through and kind of sweep through it and just devastate people's lives? Absolutely not. But I think with right. anything, you could look you could look for a silver lining. So yeah, that's that's one of the um, 
that's one of the uh, the I think the positives that and and one of the new normals for um mm-hmm. from this from this pandemic. Um, I do want to take the time while I'm on here, and this is the first episode, and I do want to take the time to thank, and you can't say it enough, but I mm-hmm. I want to thank all the healthcare workers out there for their um, selfless acts of bravery and the, the, the tired days and just being away from their families and taking care of other people. I don't know how, right. you know, how much people can tell you, but thank you. Um, and that's, that's the doctors, that's nurses, nurses assistants, medical assistants. Um, I don't care if you're the janitor. I don't care if you are, you know, your check-in at a clinic. You are appreciated and we thank you for doing that. And also I want to thank educators because they had to really do, they had to really revamp their whole style. They had to revamp their whole, you know, their rhythm of things. And um, the last thing, the last group of people that I want to thank in this is um, the class of 2020. Because I don't, I you know, th- this will be hard. And I actually have a family member, a very close family member of mine that is graduating this year. Um, and I want to shout her out. Her name is Shailene McGee. Um, and she's graduating from Ponchatoula High School. Um, and I just want to send her that shout out and all of the graduates of class of 2020.